0: I've called tonight, People Are Precious. As you've probably noticed, um, we we play this video every week because these are the things that we have very much come to believe and be convinced of. Um, And then we've tried to explore them a little bit and work out what the implications are of these things. And um, I've been following a trail in my head. And so I want to use the People Are Precious to share with you where where I'm at. Um, And I can only describe it as I seem to be having a little bit of an epiphany you know, somehow seeing things I've not seen before, things you've known in your mind are somehow getting to your heart, um, and it feels great, painful, but great. Um, Because in recent years, I've faced some quite difficult circumstances, and I was just getting through some of those, and then um, I found myself back in similar, quite difficult circumstances, which of course triggers everything that's ever happened in the past. And I had an interesting two or three weeks tackling that, and I thought, right, well, this is actually my opportunity to think, right, that was then, this is now, what have I learned in between, and how is this next chapter going to propel me to somewhere different? So I'm going to share out of that, and I don't know how, not to just be honest with you about where I'm at. Um, And I I started, the self-doubt creeps in, doesn't it, as you're preparing these things, and I think, well, this... This might not be helpful to anyone else, (laughs) what's going on in my mind, but I actually believe that we are a community, we're connected to each other, and that if I stand in the light, as Beth talked about, and show you what I look like in the light, some of you might have some light shed on where you are at, and um, I'd rather just be known, and if we know each other, we can help each other, can't we? Um, And I keep thinking about breakthrough. When uh, Joel spoke last week about a joy that overcomes, that for, me is a, that for me is a breakthrough. It's saying, yeah, you know, there's a way to get that icebreaker that we feel we're on rocking a bit to get some movement and making a pathway. And I thought about um, the verse that says that for the joy, joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. And we've heard a lot about emphasis on a Wednesday night and that line that Chris used that said we can get the re- wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable and come to a very different meaning in life. Um, And I think, well, yeah, Jesus had to endure some stuff, but he also had a joy set before him. And where was the emphasis on the enduring or on the joy? And if I'm facing stuff in life where I've got to go through some stuff, can the emphasis of my life become not what I'm having to endure, but on the joy that overcomes? And I'm I think we can get there now. Um, all that's been going around in my head this week is um, I've never been to an AA meeting, um, but you know you see on telly where they say you know my name's so and so and I'm an alcoholic, and I-, I really felt like I wanted to just stand at the start of tonight and say my name is Jenny and I am a recovering perfectionist. Now some of you may think well that's not as destructive as drugs or drink. It has been for me. It has been an incredibly destructive thread in my life that I have been sort of facing and, and working through for about five years. And I've, it's occurred to me this week, as I've been working through it, that one of the things that was attached to my um, perfectionist nature that emerged is this idea of people being precious. And I'm going to explain to you what I mean, because I don't think it's just me whose head's gone down this path. And I think it might help you as well. Because I have worshipped at the altar of um, perfection in my attempt to avoid mistakes, because mistakes equal pain. I have made mistakes that caused me to such pain that I determined I won't make any more, because if I don't make any more mistakes, I won't have any more pain. Who thinks that worked? It didn't. It didn't. But, you know, we go there, don't they? Um, And I am determined. We heard a few weeks ago, Ants talked about different altars that we worship at, and I am determined to burn that altar to ash to burn it to ash and to find a new place to worship. And um, I'm getting there, but it takes a long time sometimes to work through this stuff, doesn't it? Now, this isn't going to work for me. That's better. Um, if I'm wonky in my way and need salvation to experience sort of freedom, um, perhaps hearing my story might help you too. Um, because I was thinking, when, when Joel started talking about how he was going to speak about joy, and I listened to him last week, I just thought where's my joy gone? Where is my joy? Where's my joy gone? I thought, I know I had some at some point, but I can't say that joy has been the overwhelming expression of my life. Um, And I think I found my joy buried under a pile of my responsibilities. Has anyone else got joy buried under a pile of my responsibilities? I found it... um, buried under that pile of responsibilities that I have to get right, because if I don't get it right, catastrophe will happen. Now, I've told you this story before, but it's a brilliant story, and it's a brilliant story because it is genuinely true, and I think gives you insight into my brain. Um, And it's the story of me um, seeking to chop my husband's leg off, um, because he had three knee operations. And they weren't getting any better. And one morning, he wakes up very early for work. And he says to me, Jan, I just can't cope. His, his version of the story is different to mine, by the way. <laughs> this is just how I remember it. Um, he said, I just can't cope. I can't, I can't live with this pain. Um, I, I just can't do this anymore. Gets up, goes to work. I lie there. My head very quickly starts churning. Right. Um, we can't fix his knee with operations. There's only... One possible solution, we have to amputate his leg. So during the course of the, this, it's true, <laughs> during the course of the day, I think through where we're going to put the ramp. The recovery is <laughs> going to be difficult. Um, the recovery is going to be difficult. I'm not sure how we're going to w- get the wheelchair through the door, but the families around this put, I can keep working, I can work more hours, we can cover the money, um, we'll be all right. Once he gets his prosthetic leg, we're sorted. Um, <laughs> I I, I mean, it's mad. It's just my brain. So by the time he comes home, (laughs) unbeknown to him, um, he's booked in now. Um, So I sort of say to him, very matter-of-factly, I'm thinking, and I I, I think you're right, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. We'll just do what needs to be done. You'll be fine. But when he quickly realised my plan, he looked at me like a crazy person. Um, Now, I live in that type of brain. (laughs) That's where I live. Um, I live in that type of brain. Um, And and it's not all bad (laughs) before you judge. This type of brain that has the ability to see a problem here and then go, it's helped me wonderfully at work. I tell you, (laughs) the problems I've been able to get myself out of and things into, because I have this type of brain that can can go like that, it can serve me very, very, very well, um, but it can also make me a little bit insane. Now, um, what I've learned, um, like, what I've learned, is that um, this personality type that that does this, that strives for everything to be, let's fix everything, sort everything out. Can't live in any tension, um, has had its great advantages, but it's also left me with some pretty significant disadvantages. Lots of anxiety. Um, and when you spend the day thinking how you're going to live with a disabled husband, that's you putting yourself in a situation of unnecessary anxiety, um, frustration, real exhaustion, and absolute rah with life. Um, but I've learnt in the midst of that that if I listen to that stuff, rather than condemn myself for thinking it, and I stand in the light with it, I can actually learn from it. And it's not a deal breaker to God. My crazy isn't a deal breaker to God. It's not a deal breaker to the people who I walk with in life. It's certainly not going to be a deal breaker in here. And so actually we can learn from that stuff and we have been learning a lot about salvation. On a Wednesday night, if you've not heard the stuff since January, I know people can't always make it, but please listen online, because the insight um, that we're we're hearing about stuff that we've just accepted for years and not really or necessarily thought through, it's revolutionizing my thinking, and we've probably been hearing it for years, but sometimes it takes us hearing it for years for it to start to change and transform years worth of stuff that's gone before. Um, And we are a saved people, but we're not necessarily been saved from the stuff we thought we were being saved from. We've been saved from some other stuff because there is an undeniable common narrative in Western Christianity that humanity is a problem. There's a problem, there's a way to fix the problem, but there is a problem. Um, And I won't share what's been said on the Wednesdays because you'll need to listen to all that, that, but the Almighty subtext of people are a problem as opposed to precious plays out in life, whether you're in church or not in church. Joel was talking last week about the social media, about um, the news that we watch. We're bombarded with humanity is a problem. Now, how in the midst of that are we going to hear people are precious when we're bombarded with people are a problem to be fixed? Um, And there are problems, and people can be very problematic. But is that what humanity is, or is that the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable? I love that, because it just makes such sense. Um, The emphasis is that people are loved, they are blessed, and they are precious. That is always the emphasis when the Father looks on. That is what we want our emphasis to be here. And we may not know that always. We may not always know that we're loved, precious, and we're blessed. And as a result of not knowing that, because we're bombarded with the problems, we act out in all sorts of really weird ways. Because we're not knowing that we're loved, we're precious, and we're blessed. So we act out of the fact that we're a problem. And if you're told you're a problem enough, what are you gonna be? A problem. Now, I was shown that people are precious very early on in in my life. I'm drinking from the bottle now, not the glass. (sighs) Don't you think it's amazing that, um, I was thinking about this today and I got quite a warm, don't you think it's amazing that I can stand up here and tell you all that I'm really weird and that that's okay? Don't you think it's lovely? that? Don't, it's lovely. Uh, you can feel safe to just be yourself. We have a lovely thing here, honestly. I'm so grateful for it. Um, now, my parents are incredible um, serving people. You know, when you're a child, some of you who are younger, you don't yet know how fabulous your parents are, because right now they annoy you. When you get older, you will learn that they were really doing the best they could, and they were doing a fabulous job. So give them a break, um, because I didn't realize how brilliant my parents were until I was older. And you're... A, you see it through adult eyes, and you think, they did, a, they did a really good job of that. At the time, you just think some things are annoying. Um, and my mum, um, she's a little bit of a saint in that she's a really selfless, lovely, amazing woman who genuinely puts everyone else first and doesn't mind. Now, that's lovely. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not so nice as my mum. I mind sometimes. Um, and a byproduct in some of that lovely thing that I saw in her was that I came to the conclusion that that was the right thing to do. The godly thing to do is always to put others first, to always be really happy about it. And if I couldn't manage that, I felt sort of like, oh, I can't, I can't be as lovely as this lovely person who I live with who's just so lovely. And so from a very early age, you kind of think, wow, I live with this amazing person and I don't think I'm that amazing. And all of that starts to... You almost think, well, how can that possibly be a problem? Because living with someone lovely, how can that be a problem? It can if you think you're a problem. Um, Now, I am by far way more emotional than my mum. I'm less contented by nature. I'm more driven to change things. I'm more ambitious. I want to take responsibility for everything. I want to lead and I want to change the world. I just want to. I have that thing in me that wants to change stuff. Um, I do. Fire. Let's call it fire because that sounds more positive. Right, I'll have that. Um, That gives me a positive spin. I just am. So what I try to do, there's a wonderful story in the Bible of David and Goliath. And and he and Saul asks for someone to go and, face Goliath. And he's the king at the time. And David volunteers. Now David isn't in the army. He just happened to be there. Um, He's never sort of been trained in the army. He has been trained in his life because he's been looking after his dad's livestock, killing lions and bears with a simple catapult. And he's just learnt away from the crowds to handle himself. So he volunteers to fight this massive giant. So what do they do? They dress him up in Saul's armour. And so he's there, this little boy who's just been used to his catapult and a, with a walking great lion, and they put him in this suit of armour. And when they put it on him, he just says, No, I, I, can't, I can't wear this. This isn't, this isn't how I face the giant. This isn't going to work for me because this is not my armour. And how many times in life do we get into comparison where what causes us to believe we're a problem is because we can't wear someone else's armour? I couldn't be like my mum because I wasn't like my mum. But I could be me and I could take who I was and make that into who wear the armor that I'm supposed to wear, I could take the lessons I'd learned in life and kill some of the giants because of what I was doing and learning away from the crowds. And for some of you tonight, you only believe you're a problem because you compared yourself to someone else who can do something you can't do, who can have something you can't have, and you can't wear that armor. Don't wear that armor. Wear your armor. Where yours? And Anth was talking the other week about the dreams he's had and, and, and what he wants to do. And I look and I think, oh, that's amazing, that's amazing. And you can find yourself thinking, well, I don't have that. But the whole point was, you can. Where are, where are your dreams and, and the things that have been placed in, in you that you get to wear for the giants in life that, that are yours to take on? I think that's exciting. I, I do, I genuinely think that's exciting. I'm stalling because I've lost my place. Now, um, I didn't always want to put others first um, because I felt a bit lost myself. And sometimes um, I had this thing where I wanted to be seen because I felt a bit invisible. I'm not blaming anyone for that. That's just how I felt as, um, sometimes. And sometimes um, I just get, So tired of trying to be superwoman that I just want to lie down. (laughs) I just want to lie down because I think I'm not superwoman. I'm not superwoman. Um, And I've learnt, and this makes me sad actually, and I don't think this has just been my experience. I have learnt that we tend to be far less forgiving um, of people who've presented themselves as very capable than of people that sometimes present themselves as not being incapable. Because if you are capable and you're seen to have done things and, and, and proved yourself, there's kind of, you're given a sort of position and a pedestal to sit on in life. And it's ever such a long way to fall from. Um, I, work, I worked at school for many years and, and we'd get some really pleasing results every year, but the pressure I then felt the following year to do it again, um, because you're like, it's a long way to fall if I don't do it again. <laughs> it's a really long way to fall if I don't do it again. It, it, would, it would cripple me with anxiety, because um, every year I'd think, well, what if I can't do it this year? What if this is year I can't do it? Um, it was crippling, and it's quite nice, you think... It, I've often in, in life been sort of golden girl, you know. Jen's great. We love Jen. Jen won't let us down. Jen's brilliant. And again, that feels amazing. Um, And I took on that role numerous times in my life because it feels good to be golden girl until you're not feeling so golden or you think you might not be able to do it and you might not be able to handle it. And then all of a sudden you find yourself in a role that you didn't really want to audition for and that you think you might fail at really badly. And unfortunately, I've been ostracized more than once in my life for failing, for having been someone that, People loved, and then when I made a mistake and I wasn't what they wanted me to be, I was out and I was gone. And that the pain of that is phenomenal because it feels like everything you did over here for years was gone on one thing. And God help us not to do that to people, seriously. Let's not do that to people who they're only let's just not do it. It, It's devastating. Now, something had to change because I kept going round in circles and you might be sitting there tonight with a similar story or one quite different um, but you know something needs to change and you recognise that joy is not a source of overcoming in your life um, and that you may feel far from precious and maybe you feel trapped in a role that you don't remember auditioning for or you regret taking on um, but yet still have to perform it. Now, is there a freedom in that or is freedom something we only pay lip surface to and we don't really believe in? There's got to be a freedom, hasn't there? Um, okay. Where life has taken me is that at times I've become more of a um, resentful pig than a free range hen. I'm gonna explain this. Um, When I started, um, Chris was messaging while she was away and she said she'd told this story to the ladies in India and I'd forgotten about this story and you'll have heard it. And I was thinking about it and I started writing it down tonight. And then I had one of those moments, don't happen very often. I went to um, my in-law's tea last Sunday, walked through the door and my little niece Hannah, who's three, she's a gorgeous little thing. um, She comes running up to me, gives me a hug, runs away again and then she came back with a little box that she'd made. There's this cardboard box, she hands it to me and on the top there's a chicken and there's a pig. So I'm like, okay, I'm listening. I'm listening, I'm paying attention. Now, in the story of the chicken and the pig, there's a story, the fable goes that the pig, oh, I'll call it a pig and a hen, hen works better. A pig and a hen are walking down wherever pigs and hens walk together and they see a bunch of people. And the hen says, hey, look at all those people. We could really help those people. And uh, the pig says, yeah, what do you wanna do? He said, well, tell you what, I'll give him eggs, you give him bacon. Think about it. Um, Now, of course, it's all right for the hen. it's just got to lay an egg. The pig's got to sacrifice his life to be bacon. Um, And the story's often used as... Actually, the story is often used and presented um, in in business sort of ideas to show that this pig has a superior attitude. This fable is commonly referenced to illustrate two types of project members. Pigs who are totally committed to the project. They will die for it. And um, the hens who, you know, will help out a bit but aren't really going to be in it. And then you've got the rooster, or the other name for it, that can be defined as a person who struts around, offering uninformed, unhelpful opinions. Now, it can be seductive to be the pig. I will be the committed one. I am dependable, I shall stay up all night and get this project done and everyone will be pleased with me and pat my back and rub my halo and I will not have let anybody down. Um, I'm effectively dead inside, but people say nice things to me. I mean, what is that? And those of you who have heard the Wednesday night messages or when you listen to them, you will get the undertones that are very, very real here. The message that God needs a sacrifice for us to be worthy. Does he? Does he? There's the question. Listen to the Wednesday night. Now, I have sacrificed myself to the point of pain and suffering silence in the name of putting others first to the point where I've no longer felt like I am precious at all. People are precious. You, Jenny, are not. Now, some of you have been there. Some of you have lived there. Some of you are there. And it is very, very real. Um, and it doesn't sound to me like good news. Um, Hebrews talks about this, presenting yourself as a living sacrifice to God. And what I have heard all my life is be a sacrifice. It says be a sacrifice living sacrifice. Living sacrifice. He has come, what did you all say last week? He has come that we might have life in all its fullness. What if the living sacrifice is about being in a place where joy overcomes, being alive to the preciousness, the love and the original blessing we are under so that the sacrifice that we bring is out of an overflowing cup. So there's, an, there's enough. There's enough, isn't there? Now, um, lost my place again. I have heard, uh, okay, in the story, the pig could argue that his commitment is higher, but he can only commit once. What can a hen do with his eggs? Yay! He can lay them day after day after day after day after day after day and yet still run round as a free hen. Do you know what? I was telling Connie this story last week and she's bought me a little egg today with my name on it to remind me I could be a free red hen. I was going to actually maybe bring you all eggs and give you one at the end, but I, th- I thought it might turn into Miggy Night with eggs everywhere. Now, here we go. Back to, um, back to people are precious and I'm going to bring this to a conclusion and a hopefully a call to action for us. Now, people are precious. They're not perfect. And we can choose to be present with people over striving or pretending to be perfect. I really don't care if people are messy, if they'll walk the journey and and what's that expression? You know, warts and all. I would rather know a messy person who is honest than try to keep up appearances. I really, really would. I've tried keeping up appearances. It is exhausting. I wouldn't recommend it. You know, sometimes I am messy and who decides what messy is anyway? You were saying this to me today. Who decides what perfect and not perfect is anyway? We all have a different measure of what we expect. So I can live in what you might call messy, but I am still loved and I am still precious. You can live in what I might call messy, but you are still loved and you are still precious. They, whoever your they is, can live in what you consider messy, but they are still loved and they are still precious and we're all still blessed in it. And and wouldn't that be great if we could all live there? In heaven's eyes, what? how's the song goes? There are no losers. In heaven's eyes, no hopeless cause, only people like you, with feelings like me, amazed by the grace they find in heaven's eyes. And that grace isn't, oh well, they're a mess but let's overlook it. That grace is, yay, I'm excited about you. I rejoice over you, I'm happy with you. That's that sort of grace. And um, People are precious. Our statement is not this. Some people are precious. Other people are precious, but I am not precious. I can become precious if I treat other people like this. Um, I am more precious than other people. People are precious if they believe X, Y, Z. People are precious if they do X, Y, Z. People become precious if. People stay precious by. People are precious until. It's just people are precious. Full stop. I love that. Um, People are equally precious, including me. It's just this great leveller and this great... um, elevator of worth for some of you that might need it. And it works best if we all believe and express that. The reason why it's best if we all believe and express it is because it stops some of us wanting the others to be pigs who sacrifice themselves while we just have to lay eggs. It means it avoids some people doing all the giving and some people doing all the taking. And it occurred to me today, I thought, how would, you, how would I know if I was somebody who was doing all the taking, not doing all the giving? And I don't know, I, I feel like there might be wisdom in this for some people. If you th- feel like you never have to give beyond yourself, um, chances are someone else might be laying your share of the eggs. So let's not ask them to be ham. Everybody just be a happy clucking free range hen and just drop us some eggs. Just drop eggs around everywhere you go with a smile. Now, (laughs) I think that would be nice. Okay, I know what I want. Someone asked me a while ago, um, I've skipped this bit out and actually it's important. Someone said to me a while ago, um, what is it that you want? And I genuinely... What alerted me to the fact that I had a problem was that I just thought the question was ridiculous. Someone said, what do you want? And I just said, well, I don't get to have what I want. What a stupid question? I didn't even know how to have the... I I didn't understand the question. It's irrelevant what I want. This has got to be done. We're just getting on with what's got to be done. Who cares what I want? You don't get to have what you want, do you? Do you get to have what you want? I wasn't aware of this scenario. (laughs) So... I know now what I want, this is what I want. For now, it may change, I may add to this. I want people to be kind and to be honest, as honest as they know how to be. I want people who are present and prepared to have no deal breakers in order to walk a journey together. I want to be able to be myself on a journey without fear that I will fall off a pedestal of people's expectations of who I should be. I want to be messy sometimes, as sometimes I have to be messy to be honest about the stuff I have buried in me that I want to overcome. My practice beliefs, my habits. I want to make a mistake and not fear that it's a catastrophe. And I want to be able to do that for other people without my agendas creeping in. That is what I want. Um, And I am okay if people mess up make mistakes and fall short of my expectations on the way, so long as we can all keep going together. Whatever that looks like, whatever that is, to look each other in the eye with humility, keeping one foot in front of the other as we pioneer somewhere else. um, And just because imagine how far freedom and love can go if it was absolutely unfettered from all that other stuff. I love that word unfettered. now, it inspires me, and I'm learning to not mind fallouts or messy conversations. In fact, I'm really beginning to like them. I like when you have to have a debate with someone and you have to thrash something out because they think this and you think the other. I like sometimes if it gets a bit messy because people are being honest. I like, I like it because it's real and it propels you and moves you forward. Um, and actually, I want to be... Um, I want us just to be present with each other and do everything we can. So let's live generous in spirit. You do not have to be perfect and you are not perfect and you don't have to be. I don't have to be perfect. I'm not perfect. I don't have to be, but we can live as seeing people as precious and loved and as blessed and we can be part of a common purpose that offers great hope, that lifts people from whatever their addiction is um, and that can be our emphasis, and the rest is detail that will work out and walk out um, out of a preciousness. I This excites me. It excites me. I want to live here, and um, I hope that you want to live here too. So we're going to sing, um, and we're going to sing a song. <laughs> I've forgotten what the song is. Why don't you come and introduce the song? Um, and as we sing... Just determine that people are precious is going to mean just that Um, because we're on a great journey together and we're carrying on, aren't we? All right.